It's your pal Cal here, and I'm hanging with the bad guys. These bad boys for heel, pop, and chair shots. Till then, catch you guys on the flip side. Who Welcome to Back Wrestle Nerds, Victor Villa here. Let's see who making their way to the ring. Miss if you heard. JP Savage. The All Father, Old School Joe. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time once again to shoot the ish. And we got a special guest for you, man. The Grizzly, Cal Jack. How you doing? Talk to him a minute. Yo, what's up, you guys? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Woo! Thanks for being on, man. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks you for, for being on tonight, man. No, no problem. You know, it's just been a busy week. I just moved to Vegas, so kind of in an unpacking phase. But it's been it's been good so far. <laughs> unpacking. unpacking. Living out, living out of boxes for weeks. That's that's what that is, right? <laughs> Jersey, so it's nice and cold out here. It's not as good as the 80s. Yeah. We'd like oh. it to be, but uh, nice. yeah, we, East Coast they skip they skip fall. It was all winter. Yeah, that's for summer to winter. My sister used to live in the Red Bank, so oh yeah, I just go summer to winter. So oh yeah, yeah, that's the way to do Jersey. Summer <laughs> and that's it. Like and that's, that's it. it. There's nothing even, else. Even, nothing even, else. Even summer to straight. Winter. Yeah, that's and it. You know, everybody in Jersey does in summer leaves Jersey. That's what it is. <laughs> it's <a> circle. <laughs> I'm sure you're ready to turn it, turn it all up on in Vegas out there, man. Talk to me about your your your, your passion for the business, man. You've been doing it a while now. Talk to me about how you got into it and and and, and what brought you to the to the business that we love so much. So. I was a semi-fan as a little kid, and I kind of lost touch into pro wrestling as I got older because I was an amateur wrestler. And my dad was the head coach of the kids' wrestling club. So we used to go, and, like, his work would get done at, like, 6 p.m. So I was wrestling during, like, the Attitude Era. So I couldn't really catch a whole lot of it just just Mm -hmm. because of the time. So by the time I get home, you know, West Coast, so... You know, it starts at 8 our time. You know, we didn't the internet or anything to look up stuff. So I missed a lot. But then um, I got introduced to pro wrestling um, by Jerry Briscoe when I was in college. Um, he, uh, he was recruiting because that was what Jerry used to do was he would go to, like, college tournaments, look at some guys that had they, – they didn't have to be great amateur wrestlers, but, you know, dudes that – charismatic or athletic and he talked to me my sophomore year in college and he's just like hey would you want to try out for WWE or you know get into pro wrestling and you know I said sure and he goes if you're all American you do well you you can do you have a better chance of getting signed and I said okay so I kind of had a little bit of up and down college career but I managed to become an all-American my senior year and uh that was a good big green light for me to oh yeah um, to get a tryout, and I did the whole tryout thing in Florida. It was 2012 is when I officially first got in the ring the first time. Um, did well in the tryout, then came in the following year, uh, January 2013, and been a, it's been a roller coaster for sure. So, and then just from there, I'll say this though: when I got let go from WWE is when I really started liking pro wrestling, like more of like really, really got into it because it tends to have that effect. I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know anything when I first came. I didn't know anything. No one, no one cued me up because the thing is, what a lot of guys do before they go to tryouts or whatever. 
they go to wrestling schools, they find a dojo, they get smartened up. They don't smart me up, man. I was just, just doing whatever. And then by the time you get there, I had a whole year where I could have at least gone somewhere to like really figured it out. Dude, it was the hardest fuck. Well, not the it was mm. mentally challenging because like you're learning this whole thing. They're teaching a dance that you don't know how, you don't know what to do because you're so used to doing this amateur shoot shit. And then they, they're telling you like ease up, lighten up, and you just you're so used to just want to throw somebody. But that's you you have to do it in a safe way, obviously. So I I really started getting into it more when I got let go, and then I started to learn what the indies were. And then I really started to learn what it means to grind and find yourself as a pro wrestler when you don't have fucking coaches and guys just fucking, you know, telling you what to do, how to do things. You have to do things a certain way because this is the way you have to do it for television. It's like, you do the indies, man. There's no television. You can't get the people that come watch the support. And then you find out that's actually really fucking fun. And that's that's the shit that I've started really getting into. And... You know, it, it's been it's been a long road, but it's been it's been an adventure. So, so what was what was that first match like? Where you were like, "Holy shit, this could be fun!" Like, this is fun. Like, what was so, that like? Okay, I'll I'll talk about my. I had a practice match in developmental, and first practice match, it was me and Rusev, and um, oh, I know. So he, I, it's so like Rusev was like, "All right, you can you can win with a stunner." And I was like, dude, I don't, I don't want to do it. It's the easiest move to take. <laughs> I was like, so green and just so nervous. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Are you sure? And he's like, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And then he's like, all right, screw it. Then we'll just do whatever. And then I'll stun you. It was like maybe a four-minute practice match. But in front of a lot of the, that first class of NXT guys, mm. all, all were watching it. So it wasn't like – it wasn't beginners. It was like really, really good guys. They were dying because I was so, they thought it was the funniest shit because I didn't know what I was doing. And I was probably training for like maybe a few months at that point. So it, it still it was just, man, it was like a, it was like a newborn baby deer. Like it was wallowing over. I just couldn't stop. But um, I'll say when I did the indies and I had my first um, indie match, I was really fortunate because my first indie match was me and uh, Jody Christofferson, who, you know, he, he's Chris Christofferson's uh, son, and he was in NXT with me as Garrett Dillon. So we, him and I were a tag team, and we took on the Reno Scum. That was my mm-hmm. first tag match. And nice. you know, Reno Scum are Shout killing it right now. Yeah, so, That's crazy. Um, so that was, like, a really fun, like, especially good. I, I was really lucky to have, that be my first indie match. And ever since then, it's been kind of up and down as far as, like, opponents go. But I was really lucky. It was in, like, some little rinky-dink shitty town in Northern California. Uh, <laughs> just in front of just some trashy people. But, hey, you know, all good. All good. Wrestling, wrestling fans are a type. I get it. Uh- <laughs> 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 there, must been, there must have been at least one trainer that loved the fact that you were green because you had the potential, the body, the look, etc. Because a lot of times they do say some performers come with bad habits. That's well, I think it's funny now because I think all the training schools, especially now, I don't, I'm not totally hip on how it is in other areas, but I do know in NorCal that a lot of guys when they go to uh, these tryouts whether they make it or they don't make it, they take the information they got, the tryouts, they always bring it back to the school. And pretty much the tryouts are like what you do in practice every day. And then they see if you can do what they do in practice for warm-ups and like running the ropes and rolls. Just, they just look at footwork and body awareness pretty much, and if you're coachable. So they take that information and they reapply it to the schools. So I think you see – and the reason why I think there's such a big indie boom is a lot of guys are taking those little information, the information from those tryouts or from guys they know that are in the business, and they're sharing it along. So guys are able to like go to WWE, go to NXT, and they get man, they get they debut so fast compared to what it was back in the day. So mm-hmm. when so me being there, I my favorite trainer I had, I only had him for like maybe two months, was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. 
because Ooh. he, yeah, he. That's a name. Yeah. I know. So he had an amateur background um, mm-hmm. out of Florida, and you know he actually he was pretty good at like taking a you know a guy who has that kind of background and like just giving him advice on how to do things and what to do things. So he was my yeah, favorite trainer between him. Uh, Norman Smiley, I think, which you guys probably know, he gets praised mm-hmm. all the time. Norman is great. Um, but I think cool. one of the coaches, I think, was a little too on the ball as far as, like, giving guys clues on how to make it without them kind of figuring out. I would say, like, Nick Densmore, Eugene. Mm. He, mm-hmm. he, was, he was a really – I think he was a really smart coach, but I think he might have rubbed some of the higher-ups the wrong way because too many of the guys – we're kind of figuring it out because he's cueing the men without giving, you know, the nerves or making them, you know, I don't know. I just felt like he, he, he allowed the guys both too much and mm. that just rubbed some of the guys higher ups the wrong way, which I mean, that was, that was dumb. I think Nick was a really underrated, great coach. He's a, mm. like such a guy who was an OVW for so long. He just knows the business better than anyone. Yeah. So another case of uh, unfortunate politics. Yeah, definitely, for sure. That's just that's just the way it is sometimes, man. You know. But um, I think another coach I really like is like Robbie Brookside, who you know, big in Europe, big all over. He he was he was a great coach, and I actually lived with Robbie for like a year when he first became a coach, and oh, wow. that was super helpful. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Those were fun times. But I mean, you have me. I'm from California. This dude's all the way from you know Liverpool in England. So that was. That was an interesting experience. Wow. But, yeah, and I no, can imagine the amount of information you were able to get from him living with him, that's, you know, because that's like, that's 24-7 yeah. school. That's the that's that's thing. So, Robbie was really team. good at, like, yeah, no, exactly. And what was cool about Robbie is, Robbie's the type of guy where he didn't necessarily show me a lot of moves, but he's all about the passion, the facials, <laughs> feeling in the moment, uh, how you can, you can give someone a look. And it could carry. But the thing is, that's all great stuff for on TV wrestling. In indies, you don't really have those kind of opportunities to, like, show your facials and stuff. So I think it all depends, man. But as far as, like, now being the indies, I mean, you got to coach yourself for sure with the guys you work with and stuff. And you got to record your own shit. You got to review it. You got to make sure you watch it. You get a, a second opinion. You get a third opinion. You get a fourth opinion. And you just gotta take every, you know, take everything, but take it with a grain of salt for sure, and then just apply it and try to reinvent yourself any way you can. Who was the biggest ball buster? What was what was the coach that was just like, God damn it, man, like just on your ass? Like oh. you know what it is? You knew as soon as I asked <laughs> that that face you put, you were like, Oh, this guy, I know exactly what I'm gonna say. That's well, the one. That's the one we want you to that, say. That guy. Here's the thing. <laughs> This guy, and I'll just, I'll just say this, the dude, um, he was already kind of under a lot of criticism for sure. And he's, you know, he's, he's definitely, you know, that's all you need to know. But to be honest, I didn't mind it. Other guys are kind of since in couldn't take the heat. Um, it's different because I have an amateur background, man. And college coaches mm-hmm. are, you know, such a man as a coach. Guys, yeah, they can be, they can yeah, be the worst. mean. I, I think he was a first guy. He is a Jersey guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jersey. Um, yeah, but I, I just feel like he was, he was, you know, it's whatever, man. I, I, I like him a lot as a coach and as a person. Some people do not, and instead of, like, taking it any way they can, they might write something or just complain or bitch out. Whatever. Hey, I wasn't there for the worst of it, but, and that's, other people's experiences, so I can't touch on it, but I didn't have a bad moment. But there were times where just like, fuck, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say this. this. If you were caught doing something wrong, he'd just point to the door where you you go for timeout. And uh, Uh, um, there was a Uh time in training where um, Mojo Raleigh got put in the timeout zone. And uh, he, he he forgot that Mojo was in timeout because you're only there for like maybe five minutes, and it was raining that day. And you, you imagine for the rain, so poor Mojo was outside for like two hours. 
Two hours. Holy shit. <laughs> he was staying hype. He was staying hype out there. No, he wasn't. And Mojo was even questioning because you know he's messed up in the past before, too. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I do that shit. I practice all the time. Yeah. So there might have been a time or two where uh, that he might have forgotten a couple guys. And then, and then after practice or whatever, he goes, Mojo, where were you? What were you doing? Why, why didn't you show up? He goes, I did show up. You sent me out. <laughs> Totally, totally forgot you sent him out. Oh, that's cool. And he's like, you crazy son of a bitch, you were waiting out there the whole time. That's what you have to do, man. They tell you to do something. You exactly. can't really say no. You, you just do it. You have to soldier on. Which, yep. you know, some people can do something. Tell you to can. run through a wall. You try the best to get through something through that wall. <laughs> you, you try. Like, Listen, you, 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 you very detailed about how all the... Uh, the 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 amount of tasks that you're you're given and, and what what it pretty much takes nowadays and whatnot now I've I've been on record of saying of not not being too fond of many talents uh branching out and 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 transitioning from let's say uh genres of the UFC and MMA lifestyles into wrestling. They, they have a specific transition, and you're very familiar with collegiate wrestling, and you have your, your transition into the, the professional world. What advice would you give anybody coming from the MMA world or the UFC world? Because I, I feel like the the, 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 the the winning joke is that it's so easy for a UFC guy or MMA guy to just come into wrestling, and, and, and because it's so fake and scripted, they, they can you know be successful. Well... That's a great that's a great question because that to me I think there's a little bit of an intimidation factor with a lot of guys that see an MMA fighter guy that comes in and you have to also think like you, you, like you said you said Connor for example guy fuck huge well high high level dude as far as celebrity status I don't care who you are you have to be Brock Lesnar not to give a shit about the guy you know. Um, Here's an example of like, like same with like Ronda Rousey. Like, who's gonna say anything to her? You know, their status. Um, and then you look at something like Matt Riddle, who I think Riddle came in. I don't really know. I don't know him at all. I've never met him or talked to him. But it just seemed like he he came in pretty naturally, and he he did things I think the right way. Um, so, and same with like Tom Lawler. Tom Lawler got into wrestling before he got into MMA. By the way, mm-hmm. so he mm-hmm. he knew, but then he transitioned back. But it's like you say, like um, this is a good example of like a UFC guy. Okay, here's here's an example. You guys will think this is cool. This is a fun fact. In college, I was teammates with Colby Covington. Oh, and oh, yeah, nice. we were. Yeah, so he was. We went to the same. We went. We both went to Oregon, and Colby was a great above me. He was a senior when I was a junior. So when I was breaking into business for pro wrestling, he was doing the same thing for MMA. And, and um, I think with the trajectory of our careers, like I'll say that I got a little further than him in the beginning for pro wrestling than he did for MMA. So I just remember talking about like stuff as far as like why I like this, why do you like this, and then I texted him because I know Colby. I've known him forever. I've known him since we were in high school. Um, he's a dick, but he means well. He means well. I, I was gonna ask. I was like, has he always been a dick? Is that just the thing? <laughs> Here's the thing: if you know what you are and you're comfortable with it, then fuck it. The truth will set you free, man. Ah, if you're rock a dick, on, baby. Fair enough. Never lying, right? Ain't so, rock on, rock on. Never lost. He, he embraced crazy it the other day because it was the right thing to do. He embraced it because there were times in colleges where he, he, he would blow up on guys in the room. There was a funny moment where um, we, were, we were all at the water station, you know, the fucking jugs, your cup of water, swig. And he just got done wrestling. And there was one, one of my buddies was getting a thing of water. And Colby just fucking shoved him to get his cup. <laughs> and the guy was so right. fucking pissed. He fucking Colby him just start fighting over the the water jug, and they they yeah. knocked over the goddamn water jug, so no one had water. Nobody uh, wins. Got it. Uh, nice. It, nice. It, it, nice. It's just you know, like walking PSA, that, bro. It, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, 
so, but he's a guy who, who you know, he did stuff with uh, American Top Team, those guys, because of Bobby Lashley, they had that mm-hmm. angle on impact. And then Colby started going to impact. He started kind of getting an idea how the business works. And then he transitioned that character you see, the MAGA and all that stuff, to his MMA. Mm-hmm. And then created his own character. And then next thing you know, man, his uh, the work became a shoot. And, you know, now he's this big Trump guy. Which, he found himself. You know, oh, man. He wasn't, but we, it's funny because, like, in college, we never, it wasn't like we talked politics hardcore. I don't, you know, I don't think we all, we didn't care. But it's just so funny <laughs> that that's how it is now. Um, but uh, yeah, that's 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 probably the one case. But you know, like I said, dude, a lot of MMA guys that come in, um, it, it's up to the wrestlers, man. Like, cause like, here's a cool story. One of my favorite stories is like he's not an MMA guy, but think about. I, I was listening to this one interview with like Vader, and Vader was getting into business, and Vader was talking about how he's this big fucking dude and kick everyone's ass, and then uh, Bruiser Brody punked him out in the room. But we don't have guys like this to nope. do that, you know? No. Nope. So, uh, not definitely not It's changing that way. It's changing that way. You can fight someone, but now you have feelings for someone. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, that's kind of how it is. You got to see the shit that he went through? <laughs> yeah, you got to hug it out, man. You got to hug it out. You got yeah. to be in touch <laughs> with your feelings. Feelings. Let's talk. Let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk it out by the water cooler. There's always a, co- a counseling session before every match. They we know this. It happens backstage <laughs> before and after. Sure. Right. I don't right. appreciate right. how hard you hit me. <laughs> hey man, you really you really got me with a potato. You know. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so you you pretty much gotten to promotions. Uh, galore, right? Um, is there been uh, one stop that has amazed you more than another? Uh, any promotion that stands out? You know, I, it, it, it's tough for me to say because I want to branch out more as far as promotion-wise go. I mean, this is what's funny and it's ironic. When I first got into the Indies, Bloodsport was was like my number one thing. I was like, I just want to do blood sport. It fits my style. You know, I just, I've always loved the idea that I want to do blood sport. And then when this pandemic hit, and eight months, nothing, can't do a fucking thing. It's driving me crazy. And eventually, you know, enough people talk, and Barnett puts me on blood sport. And it's like, this is great. I wish I didn't have an eight month period where I wasn't actually doing anything. But fuck, this is great. Let's go. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because I was like, I just want to do it. And it would have been nice to have like, you know, a little bit of a trajectory to it. But it's like, nope, you know, it, you got to be ready no matter what. So I would say Bloodsport's easily my favorite just because I just love the idea of it. Uh, I mean, man, I've been up and down the West Coast as far as promotions go. Not the biggest ones, but some pretty good ones. But I would say right now it's Bloodsport just based on popularity. I, I mean, Bloodsport was definitely where where a lot of us noticed you, and and I remember uh, watching the match and uh, watching you throw those gut wrenches around. And uh, I remember telling the guys right away, I got this like Steve Williams Doctor Death vibe from you. <laughs> as soon as oh, I saw, is that something you hear a lot, or is it? Well, here's the thing, man, and it's just the thing about the comparisons with Dr. Death is it's really eerie because when I first got into pro wrestling, uh, I wore the red white singlet, that Dr. Death, I wore that for like our picture, but the singlet belonged to my dad. It was my dad's singlet. So uh, my dad's, my dad. Yeah, exactly. So my dad's asked me questions like, Hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And I told my dad, I'm getting all these Dr. Death like vibes. Everyone's saying like, Oh, you're like Dr. Death, the singlet and stuff. And kind of, in a lot of ways. And my dad goes, like, Steve Williams? I'm like, yeah, my dad doesn't really know pro wrestling very well. But this is the thing, man. My dad was a college wrestler. He wrestled heavyweight. And he's like, I wrestled Dr. Death in college. I'm like, no, really? And he's nice. never told me this. He did tell me this as soon as I got in developmental. And I'm like, well, what happened? He's like, I pinned him. I'm like, really? Fuck yeah. Like, Hell my dad, yeah. Like, my dad wrestled Dr. Death in college twice. 
in the same nice. tournament. My dad wrestled in earlier in the tournament and went in the brackets. He pinned Dr. Death. Uh, my dad ended up losing in the semis. Wrestled Dr. Death again for third and fourth in the tournament. And my dad pinned him again. You're good. Bar gun, Dr. Death? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty, Pretty much. much. Seriously. It wasn't In supposed to happen, but it happened. But here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> the death wasn't, you know, In that singlet? In that singlet? I don't know if Oklahoma was wearing that singlet, but that would be nuts. Not, or Kevin or Kajak, say that. yes. Uh -oh. That was it. Yes. Yes. For, for now on. I mean, that's... We could say we could say yeah. Who knows? Yes, yes. Yeah. When JR, we need them. That's right, baby. <laughs> yeah, but it's so it's awesome. so it's just crazy how like that was something that actually did happen. Um, and it's just like man, it's just, I don't know if there's some weird connection thing, but I think there is. But whenever someone brings up like clips of Doctor Death or like another wrestler does, I'm like, man, please. You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> Dr. Death Sweat. Dr. Death Sweat is on the singlet. Never lost. Oh, my old man. My old man got over on Dr. Death twice in the same day. Uh, Two times. Genetic pool. So. <laughs> pretty, pretty crazy. I always think that's such a fun story to tell people. Nice. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, is there anybody... Oh my bad. Is there anybody yeah. that you're that you want to wrestle? Like anybody that you're like, ooh, there, like I'm not, not. I mean, you could. I feel like, and though I, I don't know how much of my stuff you guys have seen of me, but I could. I I feel like I can kind of go with anyone style wise. So there really isn't anybody. It's funny. I had a question. Someone asked me. Uh, they're like, who would you rather would like between a shoot match? In a pro wrestling match, who would you rather go with, like Brock Lesnar or Kurt Angle? And I said this, and here's the thing. I have my reason. In a shoot match, like a real match, I'd rather wrestle Brock. In a pro wrestling match, I'd rather go with Kurt. Because, mm. and the reasoning is, um, with Brock, I know how he amateur wrestles. I can hang with him, and who knows how the match will go. With Kurt, Kurt's so fucking dynamic, and he's so good. I just felt like that match would be awesome. Brock is so like, suplex, 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 you know, and you really have to earn his respect for him to sell or do anything for you. So I just feel like right. with Kurt, it would be just so much more fun and just you can do so much with him. And then with Brock, I'd rather just fucking wrestle real with that fucking guy and just go go out because we're not too different in size. Obviously, he's a fucking beast. Mm -hmm. But it would just be – I've always that's, – that's what I would – I'd rather go shoot with Brock – and Kurt, I'd rather do like a real pro wrestling match. <laughs> Brock's a big boy, but but you a big boy too. Rematch, I'd like to see. I I stood by him. I'm taller oh. than that guy. <laughs> but you're definitely but taller. He, he just he's, he's definitely wider though. He's got the he's got the mule like back me. and shit. Like he yeah. just feel like a brick house. I think oh, I think high school I, got a rematch in mind. I definitely yeah. have this uh, this one rematch. I'd like to see you go up against Jeff Cobb again. I, you know, it's the thing. I I wrestled Jeff so early in my indie career. Exactly. You know, it was it was so so early, and even I was kind of like, you know, ooh, you know, Jeff's Jeff just. I think Jeff just won uh, Battle of Los Angeles too. He just won Bola, and then you know, then he wrestles me at uh, Big Time Wrestling, and I was just still trying to figure out. You know, I was I was so on again, off again at that point in my career because I got fucking hurt my shoulder. I took a year off after I got let go. I, I was probably like a year and a half into my indie career. And then Jeff and I wrestled and it was, it was okay. And I would have, you know, if I was to wrestle now, it would be just night and day difference between uh, what I can do, what he can do. I mean, Jeff's so damn good. He's, you know, when someone made the, the thing like, don't be a suplex guy unless you're these guys, Jeff Cobb. I agree. That's why I said I'm not a suplex guy. I'm a gut range guy. So I'm going to stay in my lane. Stay in my lane. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, but no, man. Cobb's the man, dude. So I don't I know. It sounds, like a, that guy. it sounds like a recipe for a classic to me, man. Everything you just oh, yeah, mentioned I, right there. 
Oh, oh for, sure. No, it, for sure. It, it'd be it'd be a good one, man. And it'd be cool to wrestle him, you know, fuck anywhere instead of some little some little uh Midwest not Midwest, this little mid California town, Salinas. You know, get, <laughs> do it in front of a crowd that might actually appreciate it more. Not not to not no doubt, no doubt. Salinas. <laughs> you getting heat from Salinas. Good. <laughs> Anything for Salinas. That's define me now. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know what they had. Ah, right. Fuck them. Fuck them. They didn't, they didn't know what they had. Jack, Jeff Cobb, uh, Bloodsport. Let's see that. Ooh. I'm done. It would be fun. I know, and here's the thing, like, um, Jeff, he's doing jujitsu now. So I know, I know his holds, his holds are going to get good. And I, and we, Ooh. we love, cause he was in Vegas too. So I told Jeff, Hey, I'm going to join you, you know? So I'm going to try okay. to get in that submission game. Okay. That'll be fun. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. You know? So oh, the my. fans are winning. You hear that? Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, the fans are winning. <laughs> Absolutely. That'd be fun. We'll see. Someday. Speaking of fun, um, talk to me about any fun experiences you may have had with like fans or matches, like any impromptu moments where like some crazy fan jumped in or some shit, or or, or I don't know, maybe uh they try to heckle you or something. There's um okay, this is a cool this match. I wish more people saw it. Uh, I did a show in Portland, and I'm friends with Chel Sonnen. Because uh, Chell and I used to train with each other. He used to come to Oregon State where I wrestled, and he, he would roll around with me and a bunch of the guys on the team. That's so tough. me and Chell became buddies. And I did this show uh, in Portland, and I took on Shaft. Uh, Shaft's big. If you guys follow Defy, Defy's that Seattle promotion. Shaft was he, – he, he's a good dude, and he's, he's someone to kind of keep your eye on in the future. I, he's, he's an up-and-comer. Um, so me okay. and Shaft are having this match. And I said to Shaft, I'm like, hey, man, like, my Chael Sonnen's here. We should get him involved in the match. And, and Shaft's like, dude, that'd be awesome. So what I did, uh, I texted Chael, hey, can, do you want to get involved in our match? And the, the match is in, like, this little rinky-dink bar. The ring's taking up all the space. Um, but what we did was I got Chael involved in the match where I was going to take Shaft. I was going to run Shaft's head into Chael's fist. But Shaft pulled the old one-two and switched it, and I hit my head in Chelsea. Oh, oh nice, nice, nice. <laughs> so, that was, and it's just like, like I said, man, like the Selena show with Jeff Cobb, you know, and then this show in Portland, this little bar, you know, Chelsea on there, and we're doing the spot. I mean, like I said, you put it anywhere else, people would go crazy. But it's just so funny that, you know, that was probably one of the cooler, I wouldn't say Chelsea's a fan, but. That's a cool person in the crowd interaction. Yeah. There was a, yeah. um, there was another fun match with the same company where I took on Cobb. Billy Gunn and I wrestled, and mm-hmm. uh, nice. Billy Gunn uh, trained me for a little bit when I was in developmental. And nice. So like he's just like he doesn't give a fuck. He he's gonna <laughs> wing everything you do. And this one fan bought like brought like a rubber big sledgehammer, and he just the whole match half the match is just. Billy Gunn whipping the shit out of me with his rubber spike. And then him and I... And then him and I wrestled the next night and a fan brought lightsabers. So there's a point oh, where yes. you're going to fight them. You know, so there's some wacky fun stuff like that. Thank God nobody brought a, dildo, a dildo. Shit. I know. I, I, I would have put it back anyway. <laughs> Yo, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be careful. I hear he's an ass man, so it's crazy. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> there could have, there could have been a damn spot. Just say it. She gets wild. Um, you never now, listen, <laughs> never know. You, you take care of a lot. On your on your on your plate, man, and and what you do is not easy, and you do it very well. So uh, I gotta ask you, what do you do on your downtime, man? How do you how do you take it down a notch when you go home to chill? What what what's on your on your mind? What are you doing to relax? What, how do you kick back? I'll, I'll, I'll say that, uh, say that uh, between pro wrestling, working out, and watching wrestling, one of the things I was doing to. <laughs> 
generate income was I was substitute teaching. So between pro wrestling and being a substitute teacher, I mean, that was an experience all on its own. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, man, I try to I try to keep a low profile with these goddamn kids. So the, the thing is, the teachers are the biggest stooges. They tell the kids you do pro wrestling, and then they, they get all hyped about it, and they ask the same damn questions every single time. And so between pro wrestling, I do substitute teaching, and it's just always the same. Do you know John Cena? Do you know the play? <laughs> yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you, is yeah. it fake? Is it fake? What do you, what you do is fake. And it's just funny because there'll be, there'll be a match where I'm doing a, a fucking hardcore match, and then the next day I'm teaching kindergartners. So, have you ever done a hardcore match and then taught a kindergarten class? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I did, it was all the same I building. Did a show Thursday. I did a match Thursday. <laughs> in, in the, <laughs> in the same the next, building. In the same oh, building. That would be, that would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've, had, wow. I've had a few students come to my show that I've taught. Like, no shit. High school kids I've got. Yeah, I I've had dope. a few. That's yeah, dope. I've had That's a few. That's yeah. dope. That's so, how many kids? That's true. How many kids have you gut wrenched? I wanted to. I coach high school wrestling too. Nice. And there's, oh. been, there's been a time where I'm like, fuck, I want to try a move. And there's a crash pad in the high school room. So there's been a t- couple of the kids I coach. I'm like, hey, man, I need to use you real quick. And the what's uh, for Coach I... Jack? I'm like, don't worry about it. I got you. So I've thrown around a couple <laughs> of the high school kids for practice. And whether it's being a gut wrench or a power bomb or like, I've even had, I've even been like, hey, I need you to, throw, I need you to try this move on me. And they're like, well, how do I do it? Don't worry. You do it like this. I'll fling myself. It's easy. So there's oh, been a man. few cases of that. Nice. So, you know. You know the memories you're giving these kids, man? That's amazing. I yeah. hope they appreciate it. But half the time with, this, with these kids these days, comes in one ear, comes out the other, and then they forget about it, man. So who knows? Damn kids. damn kids. I tell you. Damn kids. You know when they remember it? When they start telling that story, and people are like, get the fuck out of here. And they realize that not everybody has that experience. That, well, what's funny is... Um, there's like a clip of my whole Cal Bishop gimmick on YouTube. I did breaking ground and I looked at it the other day and then I looked on the comments and there was like four comments in a row. I was like, Oh, that's my substitute teacher. That's my substitute teacher. Like, really? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, if, if things, if things pick up for me, there might be a few, that's my substitute teacher shit going down. So it's all good, man. If I, if I wasn't the Grizzly, I'd be the substitute. So. The substitute, listen, the substitute had one badass movie in the 90s. The, I know. the repeats were too much, but they had one movie. <laughs> one movie. Two and three, not so much. But I, I think about that all the time. Someone made that joke that you'd be like the fucking substitute, man. <laughs> Yo, you can like, never pull that off. That would be so dope. You, but you got to come out like Loki in a full suit. Or at least oh, like, uh, sure. For sure. <laughs> I would be like um, the Key and Peely sketch when the yeah. stuff. <laughs> hey, hey, Ron! Oh. Huh? Hey, Ron! Hey, hey, Ron! Jack Quinn! I take Roland shit, man, that's half the reason why I never say the kids' names out loud. Just go, who's not here? Who's here and who's not here? I don't want to put that here. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. That, that's always uh-huh. the Whenever they ask me to cover a class, I say, Who's, if you're not here, raise your hand. Because, I mean, I'm yep. the social worker. Leave me alone. This <laughs> 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 shit, shit in my job, man. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Cal, um, I want to thank you for your time, man. I appreciate you joining us tonight, man. Uh, thank you for what you do, man. We really appreciate your work. Uh, we got to get you on. When Next time you're on in Jersey, please hit us up. Uh, first round is definitely yeah. on us. Definitely. Um, but before we go, we like to end with a round of chair shots. We call it the lightning round. Uh, Mischief, don't take it away from us. <laughs> you asshole, you said that backwards. Yeah, right? It was <laughs> the other way. It's the, light, the lightning round that we call around the chair shot. Dyslexia is a bitch. <laughs> yo, Vic, yo, Vic, you need a substitute? I, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I know. <laughs> All right, contact, go. So, 
Uh, lightning round, round, round of chest shots. What's your favorite cheat meal? Cheat meal, I would say, damn, that's a good. Why would you ask me that question? I don't have a cheat meal. Every meal is a cheat meal. So, every, every meal is a cheat meal. That's right. Um, what's your favorite movie? What are you watching? Favorite, favorite movie that I watch. Um, fuck, damn it. These are good questions. It's funny when people always ask these questions. It's, on the spot. it's Vision Quest. Oh, it's classic. Cool. Damn! All right, cool. The inner wrestler in you, I love it. Right? Ah. Listen, <laughs> yeah. coach, coach's son, come on now. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Probably put um, that shit on every Saturday. If uh, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Uh, it would be invisibility. No, teleportation. Oh. What <laughs> 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 <Man>, wrestler <laughs> say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to travel. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Um, who's a who's a person you want to meet, either real or fictional? Abe Lincoln, just because. Mm. Dope, he dope. was a wrestler too. He was a wrestler yeah. too. Yeah. Yes, he was. And you know, um, he was a vampire killer, don't you? That's it. <laughs> that's I know it. Important question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the worst purchase you've ever made? Uh, that's a great. Well, you're like, had... you're like, this shit is dumb, man. I don't know why the fuck I bought this shit. <laughs> it's like every other thing I buy on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> My word, those packages come in, and I'm like, what the fuck was? Why would? Why did I buy this? I bought one that was shoe. The worst, but I bought a. I have a dog, and I bought him a security shirt, and it was like a size for like a kitten. Uh, <laughs> why the fuck did I buy this thing? <laughs> Pretty lousy buy. Did it even fit on like a muscle shirt? No. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even get over his head. And then I tried to return it and I, I screwed up and I was like, I just threw it away. It was a waste of like 20 bucks. <laughs> Honestly, if you order something, you're not returning it. Like, you can't. The, yeah, the, the trouble you're going to go through to return it is enough. Yeah, yeah, you're screwed. Well, you've got a long uh, uh, career as an athlete, right? You, you've been athleticizing your whole life. So, That's all I've been doing. Um, That's all I know how to do. <laughs> what um? What's the dumbest way you've ever been injured? Oh fuck! I was in practice once in eighth grade, and my wrestling coach double legged our heavyweight on my wrist. And I dislocated my wrist because uh, they fucked up. Motherfucker! Uh, yeah, that was pretty dumb. But I would say uh, the dumbest way I've gotten hurt was I hurt my shoulder <laughs> doing just rolls. In pro wrestling, we were doing rolls, and I rolled on my shoulder, and something happened. It wasn't the way I dislocated, but I did something like that, and that was like, really, what the fuck, man? You ever, you ever been hurt mid match, and you got to finish the match? In pro wrestling, not so much, but in college wrestling, I was wrestling with a kid. Um, it was actually not too far from my hometown, and the kid was like. Almost 300 pounds. And this is in college. The dude, like, shot on my knee. And, like, I blew my whole knee out. But the adrenaline was pumping. And I still finished the match and I won. And then uh, I had... But I still kept wrestling that season with my leg taped up. And then after the end of the season, I had my my surgery on my knee. I thought I was just going in for a PCL repair. Apparently, I tore my PCL, my LCL, my ACL, and a muscle. And I had oh my no god! Idea. I blew my whole fucking knee out. So you had your knee out. Yeah. So <laughs> surgery was only supposed to go on an hour and like maybe ten minutes. It went on for almost five hours. And what's fucked up <laughs> is my left leg was hanging off the table the entire time. It was my right knee screwed up. That it fucked up the nerves in my back. So I woke up and I swear to God, I thought that they. They operated on my left leg and not my right leg. I'm like, oh my like God. what is going on? So I lost the whole feeling <coughs> on my left leg because they, they fucked up the nerves. So they had to pump this weird, like, shit into my body. And, like, I didn't leave the hospital for, like, a, like another week until, like, my, oh my left God. leg came back to life. So Holy crap. That, wow. was, that, that was an experience. Damn, they opened your knee up and they were like, man, fuck this guy. <laughs> 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 they catching an MRI. Well, that, 
that's the thing. Partition. I don't know because this happened in 2009, so I don't know if the MRIs weren't as good as they were, you know, now. So I don't know if they just didn't see it. Or they maybe maybe because you could see you wrestling on it, maybe you had a lot of, a lot of scar tissue and they couldn't realize that, it. That that's the thing, and you know, like my college coaches, man, they they were hit or miss sometimes. I, there could have been a chance where they didn't tell me because they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want me. They wanted because they're all about you know fucking be tough, you know. That's why yeah. mm-hmm. people talk about like mm-hmm. a certain coach who I was talking about. No, not a chance. He mm-hmm. they they would never let you do that. Not in a million years, but college is different, man. So, you know, some people were saying, why didn't you sue? And I'm like, I just, it's not my thing. I didn't. I was like, going to ask, man, are we with you know, what now? <laughs> I was 19, dude. I was, I was just a kid. Yeah. I didn't know what, uh, I just, young boy, yeah. who knows? I didn't know anything. So that wasn't and running through my mind. Now, if it was hell. now, I'm like, we're taking your ass to court. But now it's, you know, it's <laughs> And the thing is that totally in, in, that, in that type of environment at that age, like, it's all about loyalty, right? So you're not thinking about yeah, that. Seriously. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, what they say is, is, is what, how, you know, you're just going to do everything they say. So at that time, you know, it's like, you know, okay, yes, sir. No, sir. That's how it goes, man. The hunger. It's the hunger. The hunger speaks yeah, out. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But that was definitely the wor- one of the worst injuries I've ever had. Just being paralyzed for, well, that was crazy. Mm. That's wild. Plus, it's scary, yeah. dude. Like, Very you wake scary. up and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what's your favorite? <laughs> completely, like, changing gears, right? What's your favorite <laughs> sports team? <laughs> dude, I'm uh, reading, like, I'm reading the list of chair shots, and I'm like, fuck, this is not, like, this doesn't go. But <laughs> what's your favorite <laughs> sports team? Uh, it's between the Raiders, because fuck Oakland. Now they're Vegas. Las Vegas, right? Uh, okay. So, that's why uh, Las Vegas. Uh, now, it's, now it's the Golden Knights. For hockey. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Nice. I'm a new, nice. I'm a newborn Golden Knights fan though, so don't try to quiz me on. So you the Raiders and the Golden Knights. You're a hockey guy. You 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 no, follow no, hockey. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't before because I've had buddies that are trying. They try to get me into liking San Jose. I'm just like, not into them. <laughs> not into them. Nope. Can't get behind that. Not team. gonna be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Going Las Vegas? Hell yeah. I'm all about the Raiders. Well, um, shout out to Josh Jacobs. Yep. He's on he's on your fantasy team. That's the only reason you yeah. shot him out, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um so in wrestling, what's more important for you, in your opinion? The face okay. or the heel? Oh man, that's a great question. It's so funny because nowadays they're like, we don't have face and heel. It's all about how we all perform. It, obviously, it's going to be heel because the heel can make the face's job so goddamn easy. And if you have a guy who's willing to be a dick and who can do his job, he can make anyone look good, it's always going to be the heel. And that's, that's the guy who, can, you know, you could talk. If you're, if you're such a good heel, you can make any baby face. So it's the heel. It's always the heel. I, what's your favorite role to play? Heel. Give it a chance. Um, Another one for the bad guys. The thing is, though, but here's the thing, man. In the indies, it's different because you want people to like you because then they get more invested in you, that you get more of a fan following. They're going to buy your shirts. They're going to follow you on social media. They're going to be cool with what you do. If you're on TV, it doesn't fucking matter. So that's when you want to be a fucking dick and then you can, you're real, you're, you're reliable. If you're a great heel, that's why like you see certain guys that are in the business for so long because they're so, they're reliable. They can keep going. They're great heels. Even if you're like, why the fuck is this guy still going? He's a good mm-hmm. heel. Whether mm-hmm. his in-ring ability is there or not. So. I was like talking about the Miz. <laughs> could, be, could be him. It could be anybody. Could be been there really long. How, um, Who's your favorite heel? Favorite all-time heel? Yeah. Uh, great, I probably, I like Kurt when he was. Uh, uh, I like Kurt nice. when he was a heel. He was he was awesome. Nice. And then nice. it's like you look at someone like Eddie, who was so good at being a heel that people loved, loved him to death. So that mm-hmm. he became a babyface. You know. Mm-hmm. So it it would be between Eddie and Kurt. Probably Eddie. Eddie by a little bit. 
Facts. It was fun. Fun to see him. Yeah. You, you could tell he was having fun. Absolutely. So, like I said before, right, you've been an athlete for a very long time. Um, do you have any, like, pre-show, pre-game, pre-match rituals that you go through, just something to kind of get yourself there? It, it depends because, like, okay, for example, like, if you take a show – and there's a lot of beer drinking, guys laid back or something. Maybe I might have a beer or something, but it depends on the show. If it's more of a serious show, really, to be honest, I don't have any, like, just main rituals or anything that I go through my head. It's just, I just want to make sure that I do good. If I do good, the other guy should do good. Uh, just as long as I'm laid back and, like, you watch the other matches that go on so you don't repeat spots or anything – as long as, like, that's kind of my ritual is just calm, stretching, no crazy warm-ups. I always warm up before the show anyway. So that's about it. But it just depends on the atmosphere. Some of the, my best matches have been from fucking kicking it with the boys and doing whatever and then going out there and just have, doing my thing. Some of them have just been, like, going with a guy whose level is up there and you want to match his pace and match what he can do. So it really it just depends on who I who I go with and just the atmosphere on pre match rituals. Um, again, Caljack, thank you for your time, man. We really appreciate it. What's um, what's something you want to let people know about you? Right, cut your promo, do your thing, sell yourself, let them know who you are, where to find you, and all that. Easy. Uh, well, I want people to know about me and. There was a time when I would say it'd be nice to be, you know, it's good to be humble and shit, but that's not the case anymore. There's only one Division One All-American wrestler in the game right now when it comes to the Indies. There's only one dude who can say his old man put Dr. Death to his back twice. There's only one team who won Athlete Year's College as a state champion in California who was an All-American national champion. Went and wrestled Junior Field Worlds. He's trying to be the best independent wrestler. If they give him a chance, hence why he had to leave a certain era. Why this dude is trying to be the guy in the Indies. I'm just trying to be my best, man. And that's all I can do. When you're always ready, you never have to get ready. And I am your grizzly pal, Cal Jack. Yes. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you, man. Thank you again for your time. Uh, We got to do this again sometime. Please don't forget, you ever in the Jersey area, hit us up. Let us know. First round is definitely on us, man. We're definitely going to catch a show. Oh, yeah, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Many blessings, and we look forward to seeing your work, man. Absolutely. Look forward to hanging out with you guys. Absolutely. (laughs) Take care, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome.